Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, we're finishing Habakkuk today. We are in chapter 3. We'll start in verse 7 and continue all the way to finish in verse 19. This is Habakkuk's final prayer after God answered him. It's almost like a psalm. And he's reaccounting God's greatness. It's reaccounting God's power, God's military might. And how he destroyed different nations. He's told uh, Habakkuk that he's in control. Habakkuk's been praying for an answer, been praying for relief, and God's telling him, Well, the answer's not what you think. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever had a time like that where the answer to your prayer is something even worse, and then your natural reaction is, Well, God must not be in control. And God's telling Habakkuk, well, I am in control. And the answer to your prayer is something that is worse. And now Habakkuk is realizing that God is sovereign. And he's saying, you know what? All the different times God used his sovereignty, he showed his power. And he could... He could use his power right now, but he doesn't he doesn't want to. He doesn't it's not the time. Verse seven I saw the tents of the cushion in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. These are people around the nation of Israel that saw God's power. And they trembled in fear. Verse eight Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea? In other words, God showed his power against the the Nile River, the Jordan Rivers, the Red Sea. He changed the Nile with Moses there, trying to get the people uh, out of Egypt, changing Pharaoh's heart. He opened up the River Jordan to let the people in. He opened up the Red Sea to let the people out of Egypt. When you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation. Verse 9, you strip the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. It's almost, that's kind of like a metaphor for a big thunderstorm. 
You split the earth with rivers. In other words, flooding of the rivers and the waters. Verse 10, the mountains saw you and and uh, withered. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hand on high. It's almost like an analogy to, uh, to flooding. God's natural control over the elements. Verse 11, the sun and the moon stood still in their place in the light of your arrows as they sped in the at the flash of your glittering spear, you marched through the earth in fury. You thrashed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. It's, it's like a, a, a psalm, a metaphor of God's great power. Overall, God's great sovereignty over all. And it's almost like a double meaning there, um, how God thrashed the nations that opposed him for the salvation of his people, but also of his anointed. McGee calls that a reference to Christ. House of the wicked could be those nations who oppose him. Crush the head of it. The head could mean Satan sent himself through his anointed. Verse 14, you pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors who came out like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. This is like uh, maybe uh, my study Bible says this is a reference to the Egyptians as he totally defeated them. You trample the sea with your horses the surging of mighty waters. It's also almost like what he did to the Egyptian army. When the Red Sea opened, the Israelites went through, and the Egyptians followed, and then the waters closed in on them. Verse 16, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. He's thinking about the impending invasion of the Babylonians. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. This is the answer that God has given him, that the Babylonians are going to come in. He's praying for some relief, and he gets the knowledge that the Babylonians are God's answer. He's scared. Verse 17, Though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. All seems lost. There's no food. Verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. As my study Bible points out, McGee points out, what began as a pessimistic request and conversation with God ends in praise for God. 
what begins in Habakkuk's trying to tell God how to run things ends in Habakkuk worshiping God. When all is lost, uh, an impending invasion is coming. Habakkuk sees now things, sees things through God's eyes. When all is lost from a human perspective, look, you can rejoice. Why? Because you can rejoice in God, not your circumstances. You can rejoice in God's perspective, not earthly perspective. God is everything you have. All is under God's sovereignty. God is all God. All is God. Your strength, your hope, your blessings, your food itself is all from God. You can have joy in the Lord and joy in the God of my salvation. If you stop and you look at what you've got to be thankful for and all that God is to you, that's where your joy comes from, not the circumstances. And so the perspective here is an eternal perspective, not an earthly perspective. The answer to the questions, the answer to the prayers comes from an eternal perspective. It does not come from an earthly perspective. It doesn't make sense from an earthly perspective. It makes sense to God from an earthly, eternal perspective. Habakkuk shows us that we, we can derive our strength from God, whatever the circumstances, not within yourself. If you're trying to derive your strength from within yourself, it's all pride. Habakkuk says, my strength is from God. And Habakkuk also says, that he has sure-footed confidence, just like a deer does. But we have our confidence from God. Our strength from God, our confidence from God. And God helps us, he commands us to walk worthy in high places, not the low places. No matter what the earthly terrain is, no matter what the path that you seem to have before you, you have a choice to walk, how to walk, walk worthy. And that's how Habakkuk ends. So we'll stop here, and tomorrow we'll take up our next study. I think we're still in the Old Testament, but we shall see. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today we have come to the end of our study in the book of Habakkuk. It's been an amazing study. And um, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And, you know, lots of us have questions, you know, to our problems. And, you know, like Habakkuk, we tend to ask God why so this is very applicable to us in um, this modern world that we're living in so our study is studying from Habakkuk 3 uh, verse 7 to verse 19 so we have God's program outlined for us from verses 3 to verse 16 in Habakkuk 
3. So Habakkuk is going over God's dealings with his people down through the centuries in view of the faithfulness of God and the faithlessness of people. So God never gave up on his people. And Habakkuk is encouraged um, about the future. So the section that we're dealing with here is divided among three different individuals. So from verses 3 to verse 6, we have Abraham. So when God called the nation, but he called a man first, and from that man made a nation. So from where we're beginning our study from, that's from verse 7, we look at Moses who is being talked about here. So verse 7 of Habakkuk 3 reads, I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction, the curtains of the land of uh, Midian trembled. So here, Kushan is Ethiopia. Moses had gone down into the land of Midian as well. Verse 8 goes on to read, O Lord, were you displeased with the rivers? Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation. So here, God opened up the rivers for his people. So that's the Jordan River that was later on after he opened up the Red Sea when he delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. So this is a figurative speech. Um, you know, it's Hebrew poetry and it speaks of the fact that God was not angry with the rivers because they blocked the way. He just opened up the Red Sea and the Jordan River and let them cross over. Verse 9 goes on to read, Your bow was made quite ready. Sorry, your bow was made quite ready. Oats were sworn over your arrows. Selah. So here... Um, God was making good his covenant with his people. And Sila here is um, basically, you know, like Dr. David McGee puts it, stop, look, and listen. It's like pounding of those drums to wake them up in order for them to take note and listen to what God ha is, was going to do. So God, um, you know, he... he um, he actually opened up the rivers um, for them, for them to actually um, cross, and he quietened. Uh, so he made uh, he made quite ready. Uh, sorry, your bow was made quite ready. Oaths were sworn, and over your arrows, sealer. And it goes on to read: You divide the earth with rivers. So. You know, God sliced this earth with rivers. You know, if you stop and look, it's like, you know, he made cuts in the earth. And, and then, you know, he slit it and there are rivers now. So verse 10 goes on to read, The mountains saw you and trembled. The overflowing of the waters passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted its hand on high. So when Moses, so here we're looking at Moses. So when Moses went up and got the laws on Mount Sinai, the mountains trembled, and the children of Israel were frightened that you know um, they actually didn't want to come near to the mountain and God, and and they didn't want to come near to God to the mountain to speak to uh, to God, 
um, so they were afraid and Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments and brought them down so this is the picture of how Moses delivered the children of um, Israel out of Egypt so we have God making good the covenant with Abraham now we uh, now God um, had made a covenant with Moses here and made it good that he will deliver them out of the land of Egypt which he did so God made good the covenant of Abraham and God made good the covenant of um, Moses verse 11 goes on to read the sun and moon still stood in their habitation at the light of your arrows they went at the shining of your glittering spears so here you know it's obvious they're talking about Joshua so here we have Joshua so the names um, of these people that that's um, are in relation to these situations that are being mentioned here is you know the names are not mentioned because um, the focus the important thing is uh, we are dealing with the acts of God so God was using these men to carry out his um, acts so the shining of the the shining of um, the spears was like a glittering the sight sorry the shining of the sun was like a glittering spear um, and sorry this is verse 11 that I'm reading so sorry is it verse 11 yeah um, so yeah that's where we have Joshua so here it goes on to read um, the sorry the sun and the moon stood still in their habitation at the light of your arrows they went at the shining of your glittering spear okay so verse 12 goes on to read you marched through the land in indignation and trampled the nations in anger so here when god put his people in that land he he removed them he put uh, them in there and he removed them because of the sin uh, in in their lives so the Amorites had occupied the section in uh, which Jericho was located and they were actually eaten up by, by with venereal disease and God moved them out of that land because they would have actually infected the entire human family at that time, the entire populace, because it was almost a plague amongst the people in that day, right? So verse 13 goes on to read, You were... F you went forth for salvation of your people with your anointed. So here, um, there has been a question whether your anointed refers to Israel or to the Messiah. And Dr. J.V. McGee's opinion is that he, it actually refers to the Messiah because it's the Lord Jesus Christ that's the Savior who gives us salvation as well as the anointed one. Um, he is the Messiah. So when the anointed one is mentioned here... Um, the the music is to actually reach a high crescendo like sela sila is it yeah sila so this um, is praise unto god for the salvation that he gave unto these people he delivered them out of egypt unto unto moses he, he brought them into the land through joshua so it was all the acts of god and god making good of his promises to them and these this uh, was his salvation to them verse 14 goes on to read you thrust through with his own arrows the head of his villages they come out like a whirlwind to scatter me 
their rejoicing was like feasting on the poor in secret verse 15 goes on to read you walk through the sea with your horses through the heap of great waters so here the jordan river was open at the time joshua brought them into the land so now let me just read from verse uh 16 to verse 19 we have the reaction of the prophet uh, habakkuk and it goes on to read when i heard my body trembled my lips quivered at the voice rottenness entered my bones and i trembled in myself that i might rest in the day of trouble then he comes up to the people he will invade them with his troops though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit be on the vines though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food though the flocks may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i will rejoice in the lord of my salvation the lord god is my strength and will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills to the chief musician with my stringed instrument so now here this is the reaction of the prophet so josh oh sorry habakkuk gives us his own personal experience so he had also opened um you know when he started he had opened with his own personal experience so we have here the position of the prophets and tells us about his own physical reaction to all of this so he talks about rottenness entered into my bones so this means he couldn't actually stand up so he says and i trembled in myself that i might rest uh let me just read uh when i heard my body trembled my lips quivered and my voice at, at the voice rottenness entered my bones and i trembled in myself that i might rest in the day of trouble so here he saw that god was gonna move in judgment and he knew that it would be you know hard and difficult times and he says regardless of what happens so here um he's ha he's given a figure of speech so here he says though the fig tree may not blossom so he's, he's basically saying regardless of what might happen so nor fruit be on the vines though the labor of the olives may olives may fail may fail and the fields yield no food though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet i will rejoice you know he says regardless of all these i will trust and rejoice in god i will rejoice in the lord and i will joy in god so he will rejoice and he will joy in god so he's saying regardless of all of what happens um you know um he says in spite of all that i will rejoice in the lord i will joy in the in um the god of my salvation so you know in these trying times today we have covid we have so many things going on we have like world calamities happening in these trying times today god is the answer to our problems he's the answer to the questions that we may have god is moving in a definite way today you know god mm, he is not like a glorified santa claus that we go to and he gives us everything that we want no God's not a glorified Santa Claus. So Habakkuk questioned God in the beginning. He asked why God was allowing um his people to go on sinning and why the wicked were prospering. And 
why God was going to use um, a wicked nation like, you know, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians to ch chasten his people. So God then brought Habakkuk to the watchtower and God let him see what God was doing, what he was doing. And now Habakkuk is saying, I'm going to walk by faith with God. So God is the answer to our problems today. We can have faith and confidence in him. So God has a purpose in our lives and he intends to carry through that purpose. Let us trust in Christ and he will begin to work in us to conform um, us to his image. So it's God's intention to make us like Christ. And Paul says so in Romans 8 verse 28 and 29. Let me just turn, quickly turn to Romans 8. Verse 28 and 29 reads, um, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom, the, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Ren. So here, you know, God's is basically saying, you know, it's basically showing us God's internal purpose for us. God's internal purpose, yeah, God's eternal purpose for us is to make us like Christ. So God has a purpose for all of us today. So we are as important in God's plan and purpose as any other individual who's lived on the top side of earth today. And he wants to make us like Christ. So God is the answer to our questions and problems and we can rejoice in him. So this book, Habakkuk, it opens with gloom and closes in glory. It opens with a question mark and closes with, as Dr. J.B. McGee put it, with a big exclamation mark. So this book has been amazing and has been very applicable to us today. You know, in trying times that we are going through today, it's been a very um, uplifting and comforting book, the book of Habakkuk. I've enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you all for listening in and, um, you know, looking forward to starting um, our new study to know tomorrow in Zephaniah, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, thank you all. God bless you all. Stay safe. Bye-bye.